First Class Fatherhood. That is where Alec Lace comes in with his popular podcast. And one of the most interesting was on a podcast. Alec Lace interviews high-profile fathers from actors to NFL players with a vision to change the narrative of fatherhood and family life. Welcome, everybody, to episode 728 of First Class Fatherhood. I am happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. We are heading into the kitchen today. Curtis Stone joins me on the podcast. Curtis is a celebrity chef from Australia. He's also a restaurant owner, a reality TV show star. You've seen him on Iron Chef, Top Chef, America's Next Great Restaurant, and many other reality TV shows that have to do with cooking. He's the owner of two first-class restaurants, Maud and Gwen, both out in California, and he just opened another one. He's going to talk to us about that today and so much more. He's also the author of several books, including What's for Dinner and Cooking with Curtis. And if you're a dad like me, I love cooking. I enjoy making dinner for the family. Hard to please everybody with dinner. Uh, everyone I got six mouths to feed. Everyone has a little bit of a different palate. Uh, but I do enjoy cooking, so it's awesome to get a chance to speak to a guy that does it for a living and really does it at an extremely high level. So Curtis Stone is going to be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Curtis Stone was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So you're going to watch today's conversation between the celebrity chef and myself. Please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, so kind of continuing the reality TV show trend here, my previous guest was Zach Bates of Bringing Up Bates. And not only that, another trend that's been going on here, three out of the last four episodes, we are connecting right to Beverly Hills 90210, and this is not on purpose. You guys who have been longtime listeners of the show uh, know that that's one that I enjoyed a lot growing up. I watched that show, uh, you know, never was too proud to admit it back in the day. But today's guest, Curtis Stone, is married to Lindsay Price, who starred in Beverly Hills 90210, and her character... Janet was married to Steve Sanders on the show. Steve Sanders, of course, played by Ian Ziering, who was just on the podcast here three episodes back. And then two episodes back, I had Peter Facinelli here on the podcast. His ex-wife, Jenny Garth, of course, played Kelly Taylor. And if you go throughout the archives, there has been a number of connections to the Beverly Hills 90210 series. Obviously, Brian Austin Green stopped by the podcast here. I also had Brady Smith, who is married to Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Dean McDermott, who was married to Tori Spelling. So a lot of different 90210 connections here. And a lot of it not on purpose. Some of it is. Uh, but just thought I would point that out. Thought it was a little ironic that here we three out of the last four episodes, we got a direct connection to Beverly Hills 90210. And don't forget, of course, this all started with my man Dean Kane back on episode 47. He was uh, Brenda's crush from France. He played Rick. He killed it in that role. So, again, go through the archives of the show. You'll see a lot of those connections throughout the years here. All right, I know we're spending today's episode in the kitchen, but in the bedroom, if you want to get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, you got to buy your mattress topper and get it at MyPillow.com. This thing is the best product that I've ever had from MyPillow.com. MyPillow sent me almost every one of their products, and the, my favorite one by far is this mattress topper. You guys have heard me rave about it. Find out why. Go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD. You can save up to 80% on your orders on select items. You're going to save up to 66% on your entire order, but there's certain items you can get right now at 80% off if you use the promo code FATHERHOOD over at MyPillow.com. So take advantage of that. And let's get going here. As always, please help me spread the word about today's podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. You guys know it every day is Father's Day right here on the podcast. Here comes my interview straight up 
with Curtis Stone on First Class Father. Joining me now, First Class Father, Curtis Stone. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Well, thanks so much. Nice to be here. It's an honor to have you. Let's start it like this. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I've got two boys. Um, my eldest is 12 and my youngest is nine. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're sweet little fellas. They were born here in L.A. Um, so, yeah, I'm a lucky man. Very cool. Yeah, I've got four myself, three boys, and then we got the girl on the uh, on the final try there. So we got a packed house over here. Um, <laughs> if you could, Curtis, please just take a second to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure. I'm a chef. Um, I grew up in Australia, uh, which explains the, the slightly strange accent. Um, when I was 21, I moved to London, actually. So I went there to cook for a guy named Marco Pierre White, who at the time was the best chef in the world. Um, still a legend of, of our game. Um, and uh, I spent eight years there. Then I moved to the US. Um, I met my wife, oh, probably, well, it's got to be more than 12 years ago because I've got a 12-year-old. So maybe 14 or 15 years ago. Um, I'm not great with dates. Uh, and we had we had our first boy um, here in LA. And then, of course, Emerson followed along um so yeah i'm a chef i own restaurants and and um you know my world sort of revolves around my boys and uh the dinner table yeah you've had some incredible success curtis and uh so take me back then take me back 12 years ago then about how old were you when you became a dad and how did that experience kind of change your perspective on life oh it changed everything for me you know as i'm sure it does for most people i think one thing it did for me was i didn't have a restaurant at the time i was sort of doing TV shows and, and writing cookbooks and whatnot. And I'd, I'd been in the States for maybe four or five years at that point. And I was toying with the idea of a restaurant. And then we got pregnant and I sort of thought, oh, you know what, this might be the end of the restaurant because I'm sure once I bring a, a child into the house, it's going to be a very different ball game. I'll be a lot busier and, and won't be able to to be in the restaurant like, like I would have if I was still single. But it did the exact opposite to me, actually. I sort of, I had Hudson and I can remember taking him to the park. He's probably only six months old. So I took him for a little walk and uh, and I was sitting there looking at him and I was, I was thinking to myself, I wonder what he's going to think of me. I started sort of reflecting on my own dad and thinking about my relationship with him. And then I was thinking about this little child that I'd brought into the world. And, um, and I thought, no, I've got to open a restaurant and I've got to do it properly i've got to do it the right way and i've got to show him what it means to um, work hard for for what you're given i'd hate for him to think that i was just lucky and suddenly um you know landed a tv show or whatever um so he, he sort of he was the reason actually that i decided to get get back into the restaurant game um which i'm forever grateful for um sometimes i i cry about it on my way home at 11 o'clock at night but that's life um <laughs> and you know just it grows you up real fast being a dad you know you, you you realize what's important and what's not and um yeah that certainly happened to me as well yeah very well said Curtis and I'll tell you what one thing for me as I mentioned I, I got four kids I, I cook just about every night in the house here it's something that I love to do as a family we sit down and we eat dinner you know every night at six o'clock and I can never make everybody happy whether it's with the meat <laughs> whether it's with the side the vegetable I can't make everybody happy so you being a, a a chef celebrity chef the whole bit do you do the cooking on a daily basis there and is there a certain dish that makes everybody happy in the house when you make it <laughs> we do have a few of those dishes, um, but like you, I, I share your struggle. You know, there's there's never a total win. Um, 
that happens every single night. That's not that's just not realistic. Um, but yeah, I, I cook when I'm here for sure. I absolutely do. But the truth is, I'm in the restaurants a lot. So my wife does um, the hard work. She does the heavy lifting, and uh, whenever we entertain, of course, that's me. I'm, I'm I swoop in for the glory, and they all say to her, "It must be so nice being married to a chef." And she's like, "Oh yeah, when he's still at work at midnight, it's lovely." Um, <laughs> so you know, I think. Uh, but I, I cook for on the weekends quite often, and I make her some meals that she can sort of heat up. Now, when she cooks, do you, I, I, are you a critic on the cooking, or you just keep your mouth quiet and just say, "Oh yeah, very good." I mean, do, do you get into critiquing the food, or do you know better? Chefs are the easiest people in the world to cook for because we're just grateful that someone else is in there. We understand how much goes into it, and all the all of the uh, we're very good doing very good at doing the dishes to, to thank someone for doing the cooking for us. So yeah, no, I um, I'm I'm very grateful no matter who it is that's cooking. And because we have Thanksgiving coming around the corner, is that something that you do for the family? Do you do the bird and the Thanksgiving dinner and the whole bit, like on our other holidays as well? Yeah, absolutely. We brine it the day before, and of course we slow roast it, and yeah, we 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 serve it with all the trimmings. So yeah, that's that's a fun one for me. Well, well, bringing it back into fatherhood here, Curtis. One one thing for me, especially with my boys, uh, that is different than it is with my daughter is the way that I discipline them. Uh, I'm definitely a lot harder on disciplining my boys than I am with my daughter. Thankfully, my wife picks up the slack where I where where I'm uh, you know where I need help. Uh, so, what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad, and is that different than the discipline style you grew up with? Oh, it's totally different than what I grew up with. Um, my mum was a really strict mum, and you know, I grew up in Australia in the in the seventies, I guess. So, um, yeah, it was a very different, um, a very different method back then. She had a, uh, her, her collection of wooden spoons that we would um, <laughs> we would trigger whenever we were misbehaving. We'd get sent to our room. Get in your room with your pants down. I think was the the saying in our house quite often, and she'd come in and give us a whack. So uh, that certainly doesn't happen. But I probably. I guess on the spectrum of, of strictness as far as parents go, I probably am on the stricter side, so my kids tell me at least. Um, and I don't think that's the worst thing in the world for them, a little bit of discipline. And, and as long as it's done with kindness and fairness, um, that's sort of what we, we always aim for in our household. And I think, um, you know, kids need to know what's right and wrong and they need to know where they stand. And I think sometimes that's easier when you don't change your mind. You don't double back on something that you've said. You stick to your guns. And if you if you say this is going to happen as a consequence, if that doesn't happen, then you got you got to follow through with it, which is never the nice part of being the dad. But I think in the long run, it makes life a bit easier. And I think it's so important just to our society too, Curtis. I think, you know, I talk about all the time on this show, we have so many kids growing up without a father or a father figure in their home. And a big part of that is not having that discipline from a father, especially with our young men. And I think that's the reason why we're seeing uh, so many of them, uh, fatherless kids filling up the prison systems in this country without having that, that father figure, that disciplinary figure in their life. You're absolutely right. You know, I think that there's, uh, my mom was a single mom and I grew up with, uh, I grew up with her and, I got to watch just how hard it is, you know, as, as someone that's trying to bring in an income, make sure that the house is in order, make sure the kids have everything they need for school, make sure they're driven here, there and everywhere like we always um, do. And back then there was a lot more get outside and go play with your mates and just sort of figure it out in the neighbourhood as opposed to how we treat it these days. But, um, you know, I think, that, I think that you're absolutely right. I can't imagine. And sometimes I'm away for weeks at a time traveling and I get back and I always try and uh, make a real effort with Lynn's because I know just how hard it is for her when, when you're gone. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's important for sure. 
And, and when you say growing up with a single mom, did, did you have anybody that come in and kind of take that fatherhood figure role for you? Any, any male um, role models that you had growing up? Look, I was very lucky. I think it was probably the best breakup um, going around because they, they remained friends, my mum and dad. And my dad was still really active in my life. I spoke to him most nights on the phone. I saw him every weekend, whether it was his weekend or mum's weekend. He'd always be at my sporting events and he was still very active. So it wasn't as if um, I didn't have that that um, fatherly influence. And then my mum did remarry and, and I was lucky enough to get a stepdad when I sort of was a teenager and he was a great fella. And he sort of didn't take on that... Um, father role i think because my dad was still in the picture it was more um more of a friendship uh and whenever i do something that i probably shouldn't have done he'd just look at me and be like she'll find out i'm not telling her but she will find out and, and i always remember how, uh he was a policeman too so you know of course there was there was sort of that that healthy respect that you need very cool yeah and and, and then throwing it uh, to your wife Lindsay. um uh, well, one of the things i'm i'm you know, shamefully admit, I was a huge fan of Beverly Hills 90210 growing up. And your wife obviously starred on the show. And just two weeks ago, I did an interview with uh, Ian Ziering, who played Steve Sanders on the show, uh, you know, who, who was married to your wife on the show. So were you familiar with that show at all when you met her? Were you a fan of that show? Did you watch it at all? And, and what was it like for you after being in a relationship with your wife, finally becoming a mom and seeing her take on that role of motherhood? Um, I hadn't really seen much of that. I mean, I knew that that show existed, of course. I think the entire <laughs> world did. Um, but I wasn't um, an avid watcher. I probably popped in and out of a few episodes. But I don't think that I'd seen Lindsay on it. Um, I mean, I, maybe I hadn't hadn't noticed. But um, she's she's a hard one not to notice. She's a look at my wife. I'm a very lucky man. She uh, We met here in L.A. and we got set up by, by a mutual friend. Um, and... I was, my first reaction was, I don't need a blind date. I'm good. And then they showed me a photo of her and I was like, I'll take that blind date. Uh, so we, um, we got to know each other pretty, um, pretty quickly. And um, yeah, she's, she's an awesome woman and an incredible mother. And I'm, I'm lucky to have her in my life. Yeah. Well said. And, and you know, you mentioned uh, a working hard is one of them, but what would you consider to be some of the other top values that you hope to instill in your boys growing up? Look, I think being, being always kind and always fair and starting at that place of, of, you know, people are human beings just like us and they might make mistakes. They might say something they didn't mean just like we might one day. So not to fly off the handle and not be too aggressive, but just to sort of take things with your stride, but also stick up for yourself. You know, I want my kids to to feel like they're, they're not going to get trampled over. Um, I think that kindness is, is really important, you know, and I think having a good sense of humour is super important too. If you can't laugh at yourself and, and the way the world works, then you know, you end up pretty stressed and, and both my boys have pretty good senses of humor. And I think that that's, that's pretty cool. Awesome. And what about Curtis for parents that have kids that are interested in cooking? I know you did the, the celebrity kids chef, the, you did the, the kid competition. What, what, what kind of advice do you have for parents that have kids that are interested in cooking and maybe want to take that to the next is culinary school, the way to go. Now I know there seems to be so many different options with social media. What is the best path for the kids to take that are smart, that are serious about cooking and would like to go next level? Look, I think if you're a parent that has a kid that's genuinely interested in food, the very first step is just cook with them. Just have fun with them in the kitchen. You know, a lot of people say to me, it takes so long, it makes such a mess. And I'm like, but when was the last time you played with your kid and it didn't make a mess? You know, like that's, <laughs> it makes a mess whether you're playing with Legos or if you're outside in the backyard or if you take them to a park. At least I do. I come home in grass stains when I take them to the park. So I kind of feel like spending time with them in the kitchen is awesome. And then you'll get a real feel for, 
is it more of a career path option for them or is it a hobby? And both things are awesome. Uh, if it is a career path, I think the best way to start with kids is always tell them how serious it is. Tell them all the bad things about it and see if they still want to do it. Um, and it's hard work. You're long hours. You're on your feet a lot. There's still lots of schooling that goes into it. You know, maybe not the college level, but still pretty close. Your multiple years, are, depending on what course you choose, um, ICE is probably my favourite, the Culinary Institute of America, CIA um, or ICE. They're both good good colleges. Um, so yeah, like I think that I think that there's, uh, I, I think it's a beautiful career path for sure. Um, and you know, you, whatever you do in your career, you're going to spend a hell of a lot of time doing it. So you may as well enjoy it. That's my attitude. Yeah, great stuff. And then Curtis, I know obviously you've had so much success. You got the restaurants going now. What do you have coming up? What's on your agenda here as we finish out the year? What kind of goals you got, or what what what, what can we expect to see from you next? Look, we just opened a restaurant in Playa del Carmen, or just outside of Playa del Carmen. Um, uh, it's called Maroma, um, and it's a Belmont property. We've got a beautiful restaurant there called Wood End, so we're very excited to to have that in our um, a, a new restaurant in our in our sort of little group. Um, so that's keeping me busy. I'm about to do my own podcast, mate. I'm very excited. It's uh, it's just a brand new um, sort of podcast with a TV show side to it as well. So we're going to do 30 of those starting production um, later this later next week. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's super exciting, Tom. I'm joining your uh, jo- joining your your way. All right. Yeah. Oh, listen, I I love doing it. I get a chance, and I know I look forward to seeing what you come up with. And uh, last thing I want to hit you with here, Curtis, I love to ask all the dads that I that I get on the podcast here, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, listen, mate, when you're a new dad, it all comes at you at once and it feels a little chaotic and it feels like your life's been turned upside down. But the truth is that all normalizes. So every one of my cooks or mates that has a baby on the way, I always say, listen, the first 12 months, you're going to feel like um, you, you're on some runaway train and you don't know how to control it, but it does slow down. It does um, get more organized. And before you know it, you're out of that that little um, that little period. So enjoy each moment that you can. Enjoy those long hugs that last forever and enjoy them just being sweet little babies but it's tough it's 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 no easy ride when that baby first comes those sleepless nights i'll never forget them um but you'll get through them so uh so stay the course that's my advice yeah well well said i love the message there's been an honor for me i gotta say curtis stone you're a first class father all the way thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on first class fatherhood lovely meeting you mate well done great podcast you have been listening to first class fatherhood please visit www.firstclassfatherhood.com to find out more details. You can order First Class Fatherhood advice and wisdom from high-profile dads on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Proverbs 22.6 tells us, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. God bless, and I'll catch you next time.